0: Hey, and welcome to the Get Richer Teacher podcast. My name is Ola, and I'll be your guide and mentor on your way to realizing your potential as an educator. If the title of the podcast is triggering, that's even better, because that means that I still have some work to do. My mission is to help teachers work independently and believe that they deserve more freedom and more money. As a teacher, you are allowed to work with your perfect students rather than some random people challenging how much you charge and asking why so much. If you're ready to become a richer teacher, build and scale an independent teaching business that can support your dreams and your lifestyle, then you're in the right place. The world knows that teachers are superheroes. Let's get paid what we're worth, shall we? Hello and welcome. In today's podcast episode, we are talking about mistakes. I know nobody likes making mistakes, but I hope that if you're a regular listener, you have developed some sort of trust. So it's okay for me to give you some feedback on things that you might also be doing. Um, And if not, you're more than welcome to ignore my advice and just go elsewhere. That's okay, right? So by the way, that's, that's a very, very clever, useful um kind of rule to live by if people trust you to give them feedback give it just give it because without it they can't grow they can't change things and I have always h- struggled a bit with it even with clients like um it was very hard for me to know how much I'm allowed to say. And then I had a really lovely heart-to-heart conversation with one of my clients and they said, I totally trust you and like it's it's not your... Like obviously it's my, um, it's my role, it's my job to make sure that it's not too harsh, although I can be sometimes a bit blunt and I always apologize for it, but... I always have their best interest at heart. So I wouldn't say things to hurt them. I might just struggle with expressing those things. But I I always apologize. (laughs) So if I am a bit too blunt today, I also apologize. But again, please know I have your best interest at heart. So seven mistakes that freelance teachers make in their businesses, in their teaching are as follows. Number one, we make a massive mistake, and it's very obvious, of undercharging. It's obvious. Everybody undercharges. Like, I don't know many people who know their value, who know the value of their service. And I'm not saying charging their worth, because I've begun to absolutely hate this expression, because your worth is limitless you're worthy worthy because you exist but there are things that come um, into account when we talk about the value of your service and the value of your service are things such as um, the transformation that you offer the help that you give your experience your qualifications your personality your unique approach so there is lots of things that come there and a lot of people unfortunately. Only see one thing which is the expertise the language it's not just that it's so much more and um by the way I do have a little course on how to price your services to make a bit more or a lot more who knows uh, it's available on my website and it costs nine pounds and I think it's worth you checking it out um so that's number one under charging and last week In the previous episode, I talked about whether you're charging too much. If you haven't listened to that, please do listen, because it might also make you think in a bit of a different way about pricing. Um, Another mistake that a lot of teachers make, and I think it comes from from a similar place, is neglecting their marketing efforts basically it's being very passive about their marketing a lot of teachers i know they look for students when they're really like in the need of students so they don't care or it's not that they don't care maybe they don't know that they should um, make sure that their marketing services are sustainable. So it's not only, hey, buy it from me or um, come to sign up for my lessons because now I need you to pay me money. So for example, that a, pr- a lot of language schools have that approach in September or late August because September is when the uh, academic year starts. I think it's very risky and it's actually quite unfair And I always recommend that people think about it way earlier and much more proactively. Uh, Because while I understand that a lot of people might think about signing themselves uh, to courses or signing their kids up for courses, then there are tons of people who do it earlier. And I think building relationships also takes much more time than you announcing things in August or September. So I know if, if you're doing it now and it's a bit too late, don't worry, you can still change it and start thinking about it this school year so it looks a bit differently next year. Another thing that uh, people do is, or don't do, is they don't diversify their income. Unfortunately, it's very hard to be in more than a survival state when you only offer, for example, one-to-one lessons. And I'm not saying that you have to suddenly become an online business uh, shark and sell God knows how many products and be a pro at it. But I definitely think, and that's that's sort of a reflection I had recently, that I think that it's easier for teachers to actually who already have some private students to start building a passive product rather than go into um, group teaching. Because a lot of teachers think that the next step into like more freedom, more money is group classes. And while I do have courses on both of those things, I think that it's actually easier to start with passive income. Because there are There are easy ways of creating passive income, and it it just has so many benefits of you, uh, one, diversifying your income, but also taking back time that you don't have, really. So I would say uh, thinking about how you can diversify your income is always going to be beneficial. Um, Another thing, and that's another thing related to to time, um, unfortunately, teachers are not great at time management, because um, I would say that we very often use excuses of, oh, but my students can only have lessons in the evening, so I teach in the evenings. And while to some extent it's true, because it really depends on your target audience, your your the people that you work with, but honestly, sometimes we really have to think about priorities And um, our priorities, and if your priority is to, like, basically be your own boss and not your own employee in your business with a mean boss of you, basically, then you need to think about your needs as well. So, like, do you want to work in the evenings? Because if not, just don't do it. And, and make a point of learning how to find students who are able to have lessons in the mornings because there are ways you can do it, absolutely are. And also, I feel like when it comes to time management, a lot of teachers kind of underestimate how much time things take. So they, for example, say, which is related to the marketing, that uh, I can't really spend much time marketing because I've got my lessons to teach. Sure, I get that. You don't have to suddenly become a full-time business uh, owner, although I would say that it's like it's inevitable that when you run a teaching business, a freelance teaching teaching business, you're half a business owner and half a teacher. Um so the more you understand that, the or the, the sooner you understand that, the easier it will be because business activities <laughs> take time and you need to make time for that. So by making, like charging more, for example, or working with people who can pay you more is going to massively help in that as well. And that's related to also to boundaries. Because when like people say, oh, my students can only have lessons at like eight o'clock in the evening. Well, it's really like, honestly, I was last time I taught at that time was when I was about 23 or 24. And back then it was exhausting. Like, I hated it. I hated having to finish teaching at, I think, 8.30. It was exhausting. And I understand some people won't be able to have lessons at other times, but uh, you can also, like, if you've been in my world, you know that there are ways to change things for yourself but again you it's up to you making certain decisions and some of them might be quite drastic um to su- to finally come out of your fight or flight mode basically uh, or or a freeze mode because it, you you're definitely not thriving there and if you struggle to to set boundaries with your um with your students with your clients when it comes to like when you work or cancellations or refunds or things like that then that's another thing like you have to do it for your own sake because it's not sustainable not because it won't give you money but also because it's your health it's you it's your life so like sometimes i get really like heated and passionate about saying that you have to do things but like because I really want to help and I'm I'm here to encourage people but sometimes I honestly can't watch how badly teachers treat themselves they don't think about and that's by the way my last point um don't think about their well-being at all they like kind of assume that teaching is like any other job so like I remember we had a massive conversation about it in my mastermind some time ago. Like, but how can I only teach 10 hours a week? Like, people would think I'm lazy, right? If you think like that, it's you're not alone. So many people, so many teachers think that. But teaching is a very specific profession. Honestly, I at some point realized, and I was a teacher for many years, that teaching takes so much energy. Like, I don't know if there is anything else that takes so much energy. Maybe like coaches, life coaches, or maybe psychotherapists, counselors could relate. Like being with people and holding space for them is exhausting. But in teaching, there is also the input. So it's facilitating somebody's growth and progress in language but also there is the input so it's like a, com- a massive combo of being at a really high frequency for very often an hour or even two hours um, a time right so how can you expect yourself and I don't understand why the world expects it to work more than I would say 20 hours a week like honestly for me even 20 hours was a lot I remember last time working for 20 hours a week was uh just before I got pregnant and I so that was 2017 and I still worked in a language school back then and I remember so I taught three hours then there was a little break and then an hour so that was four hours a day so 20 hours a week. Exhausting! Honestly, I can't imagine how people can do more than that. And I'm a very highly energetic person, very highly energetic person. So I don't know, like, why that is a thing. And I mean, I do know because we charge too little, or I paid too little. So we to make up for it, we just take on too ma- take on many hours. So, like, basically, boundaries and charging well is literally a matter of life and death because it is about your health it is about self-care it is about the 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 prioritizing you and that's another problem not a mistake but a problem teachers are very often so concerned about other people's well-being and helping others that they just forget about themselves like I would describe all teachers like basically like a stereotypical mother who just sacrifices herself. And I was like that too. I did that for many years, but it didn't really lead anywhere, because when you are, um sacrificing your own well-being, your health, you are not being that helpful either. You're not setting a good example for people, but you're also you're not at your full capacity you're not. And if you think that you are, you you, you probably never experienced what it means to be at full capacity. Because imagine a situation where you are able to teach like 10 hours a week and can then have time to do other things, such as your hobbies, because you've got um, diversified um, streams of income, but also charge enough for those in-person hours that it all uh, just makes so much more sense. Like honestly, those lessons would be so much better quality. Honestly, and I'm not saying that you're, you're you're shit at your job at the moment, but it's obvious that if you work too much, you can't give that much of yourself. So things just get a little bit worse. Right. So like there are so many, like all of those mistakes are related to each other and they come from, I feel like they come from, again, the same place of teachers very often having very low self-esteem, the society wanting us or like expecting us to to be a certain way to behave in a certain way people who go into the profession to um like kind of not expect much but um so we can get angry at it and i think anger is not bad i don't think it's bad i think it it can become a great fuel for change but the change needs to happen and the change the only way for the change to happen is organically so It's us who need to change that for ourselves. So we need to fight with the urges that tell us we need to work more or more hours and have more students. It's not about that. We need to find balance between being our best versions of ourselves so that we can actually help people more because it's much better to have better quality of service, of teaching, of a life than um burning yourself while while working with too many people at too low prices and and so on and so forth so i hope it's given you a little bit of food for thought and or even food <laughs> um i wonder if you've been guilty of any of those mistakes i bet at some point at least some of those because i've been in basically all of those situations um and yeah as always let me know on social media, rate this podcast, share it, subscribe, um, give it a little review so it can reach more people. That would be really lovely. And just reflect, just make sure that you're not, I mean, it's obvious that you will repeat those mistakes. We are human and we cannot simply just by, like sometimes... I think we're hard on ourselves, and especially since I've I've opened my business and I've like made a lot of people realize a lot of things. And they, they sometimes think that, oh, because now I know I need to stop making this mistake. No, it doesn't work like that. You're a human. So you need to find your own way of, for example, being more proactive in marketing, charging a bit more. And it's all a process, but it's really important that you start this process, even with a small step. So just think about what that first step could be. Alrighty, fingers crossed for you, my lovely teacher, and see you in the next episode. It's not your fault that you don't know how to make good money as a teacher or how to market your teaching. Nobody's ever taught you, but I'm on a mission to change that. Teachers make the world a better place and they can be excellent at business. They just need direction. That's what I'm giving you here and on my YouTube channel under the same name. Make sure that you also follow me on Instagram at Ola underscore coaches underscore teachers and check out my website www.olakowalska.com to see if any of my paid offers, including my one-to-one coaching, my business foundation course, The Rocket, or my membership for teachers in business could be the right fit for you. I'll see you soon in the next episode.